just days away from the Super Bowl clash between the Patriots and the Rams. This week on Kickin' Out at 2, we celebrate the WWF Raw Bowl from 1996 in this special Leatherhead Watch Along on the WWE Network. Join Kobe Nider and myself for some alternate commentary on an evening where the squared circle took the place of the gridiron as four teams clashed in a Raw Bowl match that embodied the spirit of Smash Mouth football. You'll see the teams comprised of Razor Ramon and Savio Vega facing Billy and Bot the Smoking Guns. Facing the Million Dollar Corporation, Psycho Sid and the One Two Three Kid, and facing Camp Cornets, Yokozuna and Owen Hart, as they battled it out for the right to be called the Victor and coveted Raw Bowl Champions. Also in action, a SummerSlam 1995 rematch of epic proportions, or lack thereof, as King Mabel collides with the newly attitudinal black glove-wearing proprietor of the jackknife powerbomb, Big Daddy Cool Diesel. All of that and so much more this week on a pigskin-inspired edition of Kicking Out at Two. Welcome to a Super Bowl week-inspired edition of Kicking Out at Two. I'm your host, Dave Rosenbluth. Thank you all so very much for hitting that download button and joining me this week. Uh, we got a fun show planned for you as we're going to be doing a special watch-along of the 1996, January 1st, 1996 edition of Monday Night Raw, where they brought the WWF brought to us the Raw Bowl, and it was very football-themed, inspired on New Year's Day in 1996. Um, we're, we're getting towards the end of bowl season with you know, all the college football bowl ch- uh, games and bowl championships, the national championship, and now the NFL has their annual Super Bowl this upcoming weekend with the Patriots and the Rams. And so I thought, you know, wouldn't it be fitting this week if we bring to you a little bit of football flavor but mix it in with retro pro wrestling? So I'm really excited to do this. And joining me this week uh, is an individual who I chop it up with weekly on Marking Out the Days, which you can find over on iTunes and retromania.blogspot.com and on moleholeradio.com. The the mayor of Retromania, the man that... Um, I've been enjoying chopping it up with, like I said, each and every week. My special guest this week, Kobe Nido. What's going on, man? What's up, Dave? How's it going? Um, Ready for I'm this doing episode, good. Yeah. yeah, me too. It's it, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, um, I've never seen this getting... ball, So Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun then. I watched this when I was a kid, when I was younger, and I thought it was kind of cool. Um, the the, the ambiance of the football theme mixed in with the wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll see if I feel that way after watching this with you today. <laughs> but... Um, You know, uh, for those of you that are going to be watching along with us, head on over to WWE Network right now. Log into your account. Um, I'm not going to tell you to type in your own password and your username. You could do that on your own. But if you follow my steps, I think you can get to the right place. So um, without further ado, head on over to the in-ring section of WWE Network and search for Monday Night Raw. And then you'll search the year. The year's 1996, and the date is January the 1st, 1996. And you'll see a little picture and a caption 
production of uh, Razor Ramon, and uh, the episode is roughly about 45 minutes, and when I tell you, you'll hit the play button, and we'll be off. But before we get into all that, Kobe, uh, why don't we... uh, why don't we do a little roll call, if you will? Tell us what's going on in your neck of the woods with Retromania, as well as marking out the days. Yeah, Retromania, we just dropped Hulkamania is Dead, the newest episode, episode 13, on Friday, January the 25th. Um, that is running down the 1991 Royal Rumble. We go from number one to number 30. Jimmy and I book the whole thing, fantasy book it all the way through. It's an interesting time right now. Undertaker's in here. Ric Flair just made his debut, too. Find out what happens all on that. Hulkamania is dead, the alternate timeline that we are running down until 1993. We got two years left, so it's crunch time. Um, And then (laughs) I just released an episode of Gaijin Wrestling Radio covering the month of January, Wrestle Kingdom, New Year's Dash, and uh, some Ring of Honor cards. And then I am currently been watching Ring of Honor uh, Road to G1 Supercard, which is uh, okay. a lot of tag war tournament stuff going on. It's, it's, it's decent, but uh, last night I was taken a, blown away, uh, rather, by the NXT TakeOver, which will be run down in the next week's episode of Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Fantastic show. Gotta say. Uh, it's my favorite wrestling brand right now. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I got a chance to watch it this morning before we uh, we, we hit the record, and uh, um, easily, you know, my favorite match of the uh, of, of the of the day or of the evening, I should say, which was uh, the, the Johnny Gargano uh, Ricochet North American Title match. Oh yeah, blew oh, yeah. blew me away. It was really cool stuff. Yep, uh, I'll have that all run down on the next episode of Gaijin Wrestling Radio on Retromania, and Dave and I will always be dropping. The Thursday podcast, the throwback one, marking out the days. Um, this past one, we'd had January 24th. That was a fun one. And then this week coming up, it'll be January 31st. Yep, January 31st. We, we cover some interesting subjects. Uh, the, the passing of Giant Baba, some birthdays. Uh, the first time and probably the only time that WCW uh, ever put out an, a paper listen, the an internet radio uh, <laughs> broadcast, if you will, which I thought was pretty cool. The precursor to what we do today, podcasting. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be pretty fun to, uh, to, to dive into and, and get into that. Make sure you guys uh, hit that download button for marking out the days each and every week, retromania.blog spot.com moholeradio.com and itunes and other podcast platforms where you can find it yeah just search um, retromania with a w and dave what's going on with kicking out of two well you know we got the we got the watch along this week and uh you know right here on uh on soundcloud.com but you can find us on uh, social media facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two you can hit the like button if you have not already if you have tell someone who loves to talk about throwback pro wrestling someone who 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 loves reliving the glory days the 80s the 90s the early to mid 2000s tell them to hit that like button and be a part of all the fun we got going on over there pictures and videos debates and discussions same thing goes for twitter our handle is at kicking out to k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two all kinds of fun going on over there but 140 characters or less and uh yeah that's pretty much what's doing um this week on kicking out at two just give you guys a little preview for next week we're going to start the month of february um 
with uh, some more WrestleMania-themed shows. So uh, be on the lookout. Next week, we're going to be discussing what I'd like to call WrestleMania Game Changers, mm-hmm. storylines that um, affected the, the the card of that year's WrestleMania, uh, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes, allegedly. So uh, stay tuned for that next week. But let's not jump too far ahead because we still have this week to put out. We have our Raw Bowl watch-along from January 1st, 1996 on the W. WWE Network. Um, before we get into the watch along, uh, let's talk a little bit about the influence of professional football on professional wrestling. Um, Kobe, why do you think um, there's such a strong connection between professional football and professional wrestling over the la- over several decades? I, I think there's a similar um, there's a similar dynamic in the travel schedule, um, the pageantry. Okay. You know, being on TV, being a star, getting paid a lot of money to perform like once or twice a week or, you know, you know, three times a week. Um, Uh And then your other time is spent training and traveling and uh, spending that money. So, uh, you know, they kind of mirror each other. And it's easy for I can see back in the day, you know, the old glory days of wrestling um, and even football guys would get injured like we have talked about or you know they just want to go in an easier route which they could consider wrestling an easier route for football back then it was a little rougher than it is now Uh i mean concussions come and go but yeah they weren't wearing shit back then uh so i can see a guy i can see a guy kind of falling back on wrestling and falling in love with that yeah yeah i mean it's um i i think the 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 contact and the the physicality, I think, is a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, um, as someone that comes from football, you know, you're you're in a, in a um, very physical atmosphere. You know, wearing pads and a helmet, and and it's a very physical environment. But um, in wrestling, you know, it's a little more controlled. It's controlled contact sport in a way. Whereas in football. Um, I mean, to a lesser degree, in the last several, you know, last several years, football's become a. They, they, the NFL, at least, has tried to make it um, a lot safer for the players mm-hmm. um, because of all the concussions and the yes. and the and the, uh, the the head injuries that have been sustained um, over the course of time. But um, at least with wrestling, you know, a football player coming over from professional football to professional wrestling um it's a more controlled atmosphere and yes there's injuries and it's a very physical sport but you get to add that entertainment factor Mm -hmm. um into the presentation and i think that's something that football kind of takes in some ways to to help attract more viewers aside from the actual physicality and the nature of the game they try to bring an entertainment aspect to it as well that they've adopted from wrestling in my opinion i think a lot of sports do that oh yeah like the um like the entrance them coming out through the entrance ramp is a lot like the wrestling. Tunnel, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, now they do it with a big song and a, a band in the middle and everything. It's, it's all pageantry and entertainment. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, you get the Super Bowl that has, you know, halftime shows and performances and, um, WrestleMania has always been noted as being the, the Super Bowl of, of wrestling and fans will complain when someone, you know, like, P. Diddy or whoever decides that they want to perform in the middle of WrestleMania. Well, it's no different than a halftime show. It gives you an opportunity to go take a break, maybe get a T-shirt, something to eat yeah. before the next match. You know, yeah. so um, yeah, they kind of they, they kind of adopted some of those elements. At least football has from professional wrestling. 
Oh, I can see also, like, I thought about it, like, why are pay-per-views still on Sunday nights? Well, the Super Bowl was a Sunday night and still is a Sunday night attraction. And yeah. like you said, WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of um, wrestling pay-per-views. So they mirrored that and did Sunday night pay-per-views. Yeah, I mean, it's also, too, it's it's very easy for... Um, for, for people to be home on Sundays. Most people are home on Sundays getting ready for their work week that, that, that do the nine to five, that have kids that need to get ready for school. So Sunday nights is where it's more, there's more of an opportunity for um, people to, uh, to, to, to be home to watch those events like on pay-per-view wrestling and even football to a certain degree. Um, as we shift the conversation regarding um, the football wrestling connection, um, tell me, give me some of your, 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 the good memories and the bad memories of when professional football has met professional wrestling. Let's start with, let, let, let's just get the bad out of the way. Cause I like to have a positive fun atmosphere in here and kicking out it too. As you'll, as you'll get to know throughout the course of this show, Kobe being, this is your, this is your kicking out at two debut, but yeah. give us some of the, give us some of the, 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 the less desirable memories of when professional football, um, squared off in the squared circle with professional wrestling well one off the top that i can think of is we're kind of coming off the heels of in in this episode of raw in a way is the mm-hmm. wrestlemania 11 match between bam bam bigelow and, and lt lawrence taylor you didn't uh, like that i i didn't as a kid okay um i i appreciate it now um, yeah. At, for what Lawrence Taylor was able to do in that match, it's actually not mm. a bad main event for for being a WrestleMania match. Um, and Bam Bam worked his ass off too. But as a kid, I didn't want to see that. I wanted to see a wrestler going against a wrestler. I was never a fan of really? the, the inter sports uh, stuff as a kid. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I was a purist at heart. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. And then I, I got to think of, like, the XFL, of course. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of that when I was deep in wrestling in the Attitude Era. You know, that was uh, a big thing. They're, them having that Super Bowl commercial, um, them having, you know, just their 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 own football league for a year. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. You know what? It's funny that you say the the – you didn't really care for the LT Bam Bam. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm a diehard Giants fan. I'm a New York Giants fan. I've been since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And Lawrence Taylor is my favorite football player. I have uh. in my, my basement, I have a picture of um, Lawrence Taylor, Mark Bavaro, uh, Phil Sims, and Bill Parcells walking along. Um, it's the, it's, it's a, it's a, a spoof on the old Beatles Abbey Road uh, album cover. Where they're mm-hmm. walking across the crosswalk of the street, and then the old giant yep. stadium is in the background. So I have that picture hanging in my hanging in my basement, and um, I've always been a big Lawrence Taylor and a Giants fan. Um, like I said, since I was about four or five years old, and so I was like enthralled and so pumped that my favorite football player was going to be wrestling on WrestleMania and one of my my absolute favorite thing to, to watch, my my passion, my mistress, if you will, pro wrestling and being a part of WrestleMania in my hometown of Hartford, Connecticut. Awesome. Now, granted, I I begged my father um, till you know till I didn't have any 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 uh, you know voice left to <laughs> to to please take me to WrestleMania and 
he thought about it a couple times, but unfortunately, my parents couldn't afford the tickets. And he said, he goes, he goes, I know you want to see LT bad and I'd love to go with you, but we'll, we'll get it on pay-per-view, I promise. And we ordered the pay-per-view and we had a lot of fun watching it. Um, but like you said, it was it was a pretty damn good match for someone of LT's, you know, athletic ability. And mm -hmm. it really played to his strengths. And obviously, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow played a huge part in making that happen. But it, it resembled a fight instead yeah. of a wrestling match. And oh, yeah. that's what I think that's what I think was very helpful in that like they that's what they needed to do was to for it to resemble a fight. Um and so uh I thought that um it was it certainly was deserving of being on the WrestleMania card, whether it was a main event or not. That's a completely different story. And I know people have debated, well, Sean and Diesel should have went on last instead of, uh, you know, Bam Bam and LT. But Bam Bam and LT is what drew people right. to watching that show. So, yep. I mean, I can't really complain that, um, that uh, you know, that it was on the card whatsoever. But um, Now, what, what yeah. were your thoughts about, like, Kevin Green and Mongo McMichael being involved with WCW. Um, you know, I was still big, heavy WWF. Um, you know, a big, heavy WWF fan at the time, and so um, I thought I was a little disappointed that Mongo was in WCW because in the build-up to WrestleMania 11 with involved. LT and Bam Bam. Mongo was a part of LT's little all pro team that were going to be like the lumberjacks in the match. Yep. And he had a really good, like, you know, outside of the ring brawl with Kama, the Supreme fighting machine, who we all know is the Godfather and Papa Shango. Um, he was a part of the million dollar corporation. They had a really good brawl. Like Mongo was on commentary for an episode of wrong and Kama, you know, was taunting him and they eventually like had this great pull apart and the referees were involved. And I, as a kid, I was like, well, damn, this is Steve McMichael. Like he could, like he could probably leave football and become a wrestler. Like he, like he played the part really well. Yep. So I was, I was kind of disappointed that like he was in WCW, but, um, I didn't understand him being in the horseman. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of it and I thought it was kind of silly. And that was 96 was the year where like my viewing habits as a fan, I was becoming a little more sophisticated, a little more smarter to, um, you know, wrestling, and it wasn't so black and white for me. And right. Mongo McMichael and Kevin Green against Flair and Arn at that Great American Bash in '96, it just didn't do it for me. Okay, and I, so I just I remember really my aunt. That. My aunt was a casual fan, and she was into it because you know Kevin Green was wasn't he part of the Packers, and they had won the Super Bowl recently. Um, uh, I believe he was a Green Bay Packer at the time. Yeah, I yeah. want to say so, it, or maybe a, or maybe um, maybe it was with the Steelers. Okay, I could be wrong. We, we can look it up. But, I remember um, him wearing green, but uh, okay, but you, maybe you're right then. Nonetheless, yeah. like you know, the the popular Super Bowl winning team being involved with wrestling that year, so it yeah. coincides. You know what? It makes sense. Yeah, now he was a Packer because the Packers did win, and I believe they did win that the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's interesting that like, you know, even your aunt, like she was a casual viewer, but she really got into it with the football players. And I think that's the object of when wrestling does introduce celebrities and football players um, into their storylines is that they're trying to get the casual viewer that knows who these people are to watch their show. Yep. And they 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 do it every time. I mean, uh, as of recently, what was the most recent one? Gronkowski? Yeah, Gronk, uh, he had that little spot in... Uh, 
in uh, WrestleMania a couple years ago where uh, he 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 uh, he gave the uh, the three point stance and the shoulder tackle like he did the hacksaw Jim Dungan to uh, Jinder Mahal, mm-hmm. and uh, he helped his uh, he helped his buddy Mojo Rawley win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And um, for those for those Ken Reedy show listeners out there that are listening, you know how much I loathe and detest Mojo Rawley. So um, it, oh, I do, Kobe. I can't stand him. I think he's like I, I think he's. He's like if he he reminds me of like if the Bushwhackers did cocaine like that, that like it would be Mojo Rawley like he's like I think the Bushwhackers did cocaine you mean if they smoked crack or either or it doesn't matter whatever some kind of a hallucinogenic drug that would yeah. be the product of would would result in Mojo Rawley and as I, a human being like, not, I don't I, I don't like him at all yeah and I'm not like proud to be like oh he's from Maryland. Eh. Yeah. He is. Yes, he wears really? the Maryland colors. Another a lot. football he went to player Terps. who, yeah, yeah he's, he's another football player that made it into wrestling. Same thing with like Baron Corbin. Baron yep. Corbin played for the Arizona Cardinals, made it into wrestling. I mean, we've had all different kinds. You know, dating back even you know older than the two of us. You know, Ernie Ladd, a big football player. Um, Wahoo McDaniel. Wahoo McDaniel, yeah. I mean, Dusty Rhodes played professional football. Jim Neidhart, Vader. Um, A lot of these guys, you know, were big guys that um, had, you know, marginal success in football, whether that be because of, you know, uh, injuries or, you know, just not really cutting it. Um, But then you had, like, Steve McMichael, who won a Super Bowl. Right. Um, You know, who was – who. Won a Super Bowl with the Chicago Bears, the the, the famous 1985 Bears mm-hmm. with the Super Bowl shuffle. Mongo was part of that, and Mongo made a decent little career out of himself. Even though I wasn't uh, a big fan of him in, in the wrestling world, he made a decent little career in the business. I, I've I, I have a soft spot in my heart for him now. I hated him at the time, but now I'm like I love it. Like when I see him on really? WCW stuff, I'm like ah yes, it's Mongo. I don't know. Do you, now I get a kick do you out think of. He should have been a horseman. Uh, no. Um, okay. There's a lot of people right, that shouldn't ahead. have been horsemen. We can get into that another time. <laughs> but I think we, yeah. we'd be remiss if we didn't mention like one of the biggest wrestling stars that was also a football star, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, absolutely. You know, national championship at University of Miami. Um, he ended up trying to uh, play pro ball. Uh, didn't make it in the NFL. Uh, tried out for the CFL. CFL. Yep. Yeah, he was uh, part of the Calgary Stampeders, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, unfortunately, a, a knee injury cut his football career short. And, you know, he tells that famous story. I had seven bucks in my pocket on the way home. You know, my parents were coming to pick me up. And then that's where it all began for him. And, you know, look where he is today. Another big name in wrestling that had um, some success in football, Goldberg, oh, who yeah. kind of used some of his football uh, repertoire into his, you know, wrestling ability with the spear and the tackling and things like that. Now, was so. Goldberg a member of the Atlanta Falcons when they went to the Super Bowl? No, okay. he was not. They were, yeah, he was. He was cut from the team a few years prior. Okay, um, so he was not a part of their Super Bowl team, as far as I, as far as I know. I could be wrong, and I could be talking out of my ass. But if I am, by all means, to all our listeners, drop me a DM on Facebook or in no, my I private right. message. I think it was ninety seven, ninety eight. He was wrestling by then, so. Yeah, he started in 97, September of 97, against uh, Hugh Morris. Who, it wouldn't surprise me if he played football, too. But, yeah, a lot of these guys played football, and I think the physical aspect of it um – you know, was was the uh, was the the draw for them to, to get into wrestling. Now, yeah. um, two more questions for you before we get into the watch along here. Sure. What what's your favorite moment when professional football collided with professional wrestling? 
That's question one. And question two, who in the NFL today do you think could be successful in the world of professional wrestling? Hmm. Okay, question one, the favorite for football colliding with wrestling, I would have to say now as a fan, looking back at everything as I can now retrospectively, I, I appreciate the LT and Bam Bam. That's the, the best one that they've done. You know? Okay, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm in agreement with you there. Obviously, I may give you my reasons before, but yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, it's just nothing can beat that. Um, I, I and I, I'm I get stuck on other ones besides the Kevin Green and Mongo. Um, I can't think of too too many other ones. If 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 you guys know any more, please drop us a line on the links, please. Yeah, I was thinking too, like the um, the WrestleMania two Battle Royal. Okay, yeah. The NFL and the WWF. You had Refrigerator William Perry, yep. um, the late Bill Fralick, who just passed away recently. Yes. Um, you know, Ed Too Tall Jones, uh, Dick Buttkiss was the special guest referee. Um, there was big, heavy NFL, and William Perry, another guy who I feel like um, could have made, could have had a successful career in professional wrestling had he, you know, gone that route. Yes. And he was inducted in the Hall of Fame. Very charismatic. And every time I saw him involved with wrestling, it was awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I can't believe I blanked that one out. Thanks for no, that's jumping all, on that one. No, that's all, no, that's all good. Uh, and yeah. then as far as football stars that I think could currently make it, um, uh, you know, it's hard for me to, um, to, to say because I'm not that big of a follower of okay. football too much. I'm a Redskins fan, and I kind of died out when they kept dwindling in 2007 and six. And you know, it's been a hard road for us fans over here. And I see East. Uh, you should yeah, understand. As a Giants well, but, fan, I know the feeling. So yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'd have to say, I thought. Um, I mean, Deion Sanders, classic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, he could have been a classic heel. Um, you know. He could have been a four horseman. <laughs> really? No, I'm just kidding. that would have been that would have been, no 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 that would have been cool. Yeah, I, I'd have gotten behind Dion. Yeah, I'd have gotten behind it. I mean, but the thing with us wrestling fans is is that you know Flair was the centerpiece of that horseman, mm-hmm. head and shoulders above the other three. Dion's so flashy. Would he have tried to overtake and Flair in the horseman? I think they could have had a good feud where he's like upstanding him. He's prime time against the uh, the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, and then the, you know they go back and forth. That could that could be that could have been some gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could have gotten. I could have certainly gotten behind that. Yeah. How about wow, you? What's your favorite? What's your favorite uh, football moment? And then uh, what's a football star that you think could make it in wrestling? I'm going to go with LT because the, the, the sentimental, you know, being a Giants fan, Lawrence Taylor being my favorite football player, WrestleMania taking place in my hometown of Hartford, Connecticut. I can't say that there is, um, you know, anything else that tops that. Um, I, I enjoyed the WrestleMania two battle Royal. I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. uh, wasn't a big fan of, um, the, uh, the the Steve McMichael inclusion in the Horsemen, him and Kevin Green against them, just didn't do it for me. So if there's any, I mean, it's definitely head and shoulders. LT and Bam Bam, yeah, number one for sure on on the top of my list as uh, the 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 best football moment in professional wrestling. And as far as guys from even the past in football or, or today that could that could survive in wrestling, um, Deion Sanders is a great one. Didn't even think of that, but 
Um, I'm thinking also too, like Terrell Owens and uh, Chad Ocho Cinco Johnson. Um, Ooh, yeah. I feel like those two guys could be, you know, very charismatic tag team. Um, I could see definitely like the two of them kind of having that, um, like. You remember when, you know, MVP debuted in WWE and they kind of like put like the Terrell Owens spin on him being a big free agent. And, yes, I love um, that. Kind of having the, yeah, that, that was great stuff. T.O. and Ocho Stinko, in my opinion, could have done that as a tag team in wrestling. That would have been nice. Um, if they if they had a good mouthpiece, too, along with them. Yeah. Like someone like, uh, like even like an Xavier Woods in today's WWE, who's a very good talker mm-hmm. um, as a part of New Day. Um, I think that could that could have been a, a an exciting trio. Um, what about I Pac-Man William, Jones? <laughs> Did, were you a fan uh, of that? It, oh, God. That was um, terrible. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, even when they gave him the TNA tag belt and he did nothing in that match, like yeah. it was him and uh, him and who who did he Jay, wrestle with? James uh, Storm. James. St- oh yes, that's right. That's right. Good lord. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, that didn't D- do it. I forgot about it. That's Dark how bad days. it was. <laughs> Dark days. Yeah. Dark days <laughs> yeah, of TNA. That's how, that, but yeah, I mean, uh, and in today's football landscape, um, you know, uh, uh, Richard Sherman. And the San Francisco 49ers, very charismatic guy. I feel like he could be someone that could excel in the wrestling world, whether he's a personality as a manager or if he was an, uh, an in-ring performer. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of guys in the NFL, I think, that could that could make a case for, for having a, a role in wrestling. Not just in-ring, but like maybe as a commentator, as yeah. a manager. Tom um, Brady, the know, authority figure. I was figure. thinking... Yeah, Tom Brady, you know, Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell could be the the new Jack Tunney. <laughs> you know, Roger Goodell could be the the new Jack Tunney of the WWE. Like oh, yeah. uh, put him in that spot um as the as the authority figure over Monday Night Raw each and every week. It would be it would be a shit show just like the NFL is currently today. So, yeah. um those are the ones that come to mind for me. I'm sure that they're playing more could pop up and if they do I'll just randomly throw them out there during the course of this watch along. Cool. But um let's uh, let, let's get into the watch if we will we were we're about 20 27 minutes into this podcast here and uh you know i thought it's uh, we would touch upon some of the aspects of football and wrestling i hope we didn't bore you guys and hope you guys are ready for that watch along hope you have your wwe network logged on ready to go january 1st 1996 monday night raw the raw bowl watch along here on kicking out at two and uh i'm gonna give you guys a little bit of a countdown uh you're going to get past the TV rating and the commercial for the next WWE pay-per-view or the next show that they're advertising, um, but we'll give you a countdown in five, four, three, two, one, hit play as we open here with the Raw Ball from 1996 here on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, Fans man. are... Anticip- anticipating the, uh, the the action for the the, the WWF Raw Bowl, um, wow, jam packed crowd here. Yeah, the ninety they got the marching band like the college football um, with the aspect. I thought that was pretty cool. You got Coach Freddie Blassie, oh, and handsome Doc Hendricks along with uh, good old Jr. and that's a that's a fine beauty there. Mm-hmm. Smoking Guns, Billy and Bart, 
Owen and Yoko, Razor and Savio, and Sid and the Kid will be your participants in this four-way tag team Raw Bowl match, along with uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel and King Mabel, an appearance by Gold Dust, and ooh, yeah, the Nacho Man and the Huckster, dude. Oh, these uh, are Scheme Gene. Yeah, this is uh, this is this is quite a bit. Trillionaire Ted, I think that's who it was, yep. and. Here we see it, the, the helmet to helmet, that Monday night football kind of opening theme aspect. I can't uh, wait to have my a... own football league. <laughs> this is pretty cool. The canvas painted green, got it. the logo in the middle of it with uh, Earl Hebner dressed up like a football referee, the marching band. Like this is this is kind of funny. Yeah, Jerry Lawler wearing a Cleveland Browns jersey. Good Lord. Jerry <laughs> Jerry Mossberg, I like it. I like it. I like it. Vince with the 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 poop brown sports coat with the WWF logo. I'm just curious if he still has it hanging up in his closet. Oh God, he had like a blue one, a red one. Jeez, I want the red one. Yeah, I want the red one. I'd rock the red one to like a Christmas party for sure. Oh yeah, and bring a cool. microphone with me. I'll cool. cut promos with all. I'll cut promos with all the people after uh, their disappointing Secret Santa costumes as we open this show uh, with uh, the Smoking Guns, Billy and Bart. They are the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. Uh, look at that with the jerseys, the 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 belly jerseys. A nice bowl cut, nineties hair. Love it, love it. I had one of those. I rocked one of those. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. I think I tried. I have curly hair, so. Yeah, Billy and Bart. What did you think of the smoking guns in the 90s? Oh, I was a big fan as a kid. Um, I love me some some Billy Gunn. And uh, I always liked him being part of DX, too. But, uh, you know, I guess the false start stuff. You know, what did you think of him winning the King of the Ring going against um, The Rock as Owen and Yokozuna make their way out? I dug it. I, 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 oh, look at this. Brother Love. Before I get into it, look at it. I love you. Brother Love. I didn't even know he was on this show. That's hilarious. Good old Bruce sense. Pritchard. Well, you know, my, my, one of my inspirations for doing this podcast was all the, the, the fun retro stories that Bruce would tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I've told it before, but um, Billy in the King of the Ring in 99 against The Rock. Um, I thought it was cool. I felt like the main event scene in WWF at that time needed some new blood. And I thought Billy was was worthy of that. Unfortunately, they didn't feel the same way. And that just kind of petered out as we see the next team, Razor Ramon and Savio Vega. And I love the jerseys where they have different numbers. Like, for instance, you know, Savio's got Uno Mm -hmm. for Spanish Mm -hmm. as as his number one. And then Razor's got the number four because he's a four-time Intercontinental Champion. And we saw... um, as we see Razor paintbrush and uh, gold dusts, uh, what's his name? Uh, well, he didn't even have a name. He was like his little, like his little butler. I don't even remember him. Yeah, he he'd come out and give. This was like the start of the um, the, the storyline with the two of them, where Goldust was kind of stalking mm. Razor Ramon. He'd have his little butler like give her, deliver messages, and this was in a this was in a time in our society where. Um, you know, homosexuality was very taboo. Oh yeah, and it, it wasn't it wasn't accepted. So they they this was the early, in my opinion, this was the early stages of the attitude era, as oh, people yes. like to call it. These uh, um, we, we didn't cover much of this. I mean, we covered like WrestleMania twelve and the origin of attitude podcast that Jimmy and I mm-hmm. did. Um, yeah, and we kind of ran over Razor Ramon's exit here, which would be coming up in a couple months, right? Yes, yeah. yes, it would. It would, yeah, it'd be um, May of of 
April or May of 96, I believe, is uh, the 123 Kid and Psycho Sid representing the Million Dollar Corporation. Uh, what did you think of the 123 Kid as a bad guy in this in this time period? I don't remember this. Um, I, I, really? I wasn't able to see this stuff. I, I got back into wrestling as a kid, like, you know, watching it. Uh, understanding that Monday Night Raw was a Monday Night thing, you know, rather than just catching random episodes of super, Superstars. Um, mm-hmm. I was just like a fair weather watcher. You know, I would watch a- anything as a kid, but uh, WrestleMania 12 was the big moment for me. Where, like, my grandmother bought it, and I was really into Bret Hart as a kid, so I was, like, rooting for him. And uh, this is an odd time in WWF because you got Sid, Ramon, The Kid, um, all these people, and they're not part of WrestleMania 12, which is in, like, two months. Yeah, that is that is rather strange. Um, as we continue here, the the rules at the bottom of the screen uh, they they mentioned that one team gets a timeout per the match. Um, you can tag any team to 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 get into the ring. This is a four corners um, elimination match nice. here. Uh, probably one of the first times they've ever done this kind of match. I love how they start off with the three point stance and. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just digging this overall. Like, look at the canvas. Like, it's green with the stripes. It says raw. Like, you know, Yokozuna's number is 641, representing his weight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, they got they got the yeah Habner looking like a, a an NFL. This is this is cool. This is a lot of fun to go back and watch. Um, oh yeah. What was your thoughts I, on uh, Kid being in the corporation, the million dollar corporation? Um. Like I said, 96 was the year where I was starting to become a little more sophisticated and smarter. I don't believe this time period on, in early January that I was... Oh, before, wow. look at this. Billy and Bart wow. wrestling each other. And then they just tagged Yoko and Owen, and they both have to wrestle each other. Is the Prince of Polyester, Jim Cornette, not happy about that. <laughs> um, yeah, this. you know what? I forgot that, the, that you could wrestle your own partner. Um, in this match. So then what which happens is, when he eliminates him? Uh, yeah, that's that's rather strange. Do they win? Do they lose? How does that work? I don't get it. Um, but in regards to the one, two, three kid, um, I I didn't, I, I wasn't either here nor there with it. I, I was I was so used to him being with Razor Ramon that like, because he was so much smaller and he had that connotation of being the little snot-nosed kid, the one, two, three kid that, like, I didn't see him as, like, a true test against Razor Ramon. Okay. You know, because they, they kind of like, kind of like how I felt about Brett and Owen when Brett and Owen would face each other. Because they called Brett the, or, excuse me, Owen the little brother. Right. Um, of Brett, I didn't really feel like he was taken seriously, even though mm-hmm. I enjoyed the stuff that him and Brett did. I didn't feel like his character was taken very seriously in his rivalry with Brett back then. And the same could be said for the one, two, three kid. But the, the, the silver lining in that with kid being a member of the, the million dollar corporation, him being paired with Sid, he's got Sid as like the ace in his hole in the event that he has to challenge Razor Ramon and he's got someone backing him up, so to speak. Yeah. to kind of make up for the size. Yep. So that could have been some good stuff for WrestleMania. I would have loved to have seen it. I mean, that's a great point you brought up. Like Sid, Kid, and Razor, not a part of this WrestleMania um, upcoming later that year. I know that like Ramon flunked a drug test, and I believe Kid was out with an injury. I want to say Sid had left. Um, I don't truly know. And the funny thing is, we're talking about Sid. you know, last week uh, Pritchard 
uh, Pritchard show put out a, a podcast on Sid. I haven't even finished listening to it yet. If I, maybe I should have before we did this show, so I can give you guys some uh, so, so, some details surrounding his exit in '96. As the action's hot and heavy, spinning back here kid. on Monday yeah. Night Raw. Sabio was always Owen. good at that. Were you a fan of Sabio? Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Sabio? I dug, I dug Savio. Yeah, I did. I dug Savio. Um, I liked him. He was very exciting Ooh. to watch. Um, another spinning back kick by Owen this time. Two count as Razor Ramon gets the tag into the match. And now the fans are on their feet because yeah. Razor's clearly the, the heavy favorite. He's the hottest the star from 94 to 96 in WWF. And we talked about it before. Like, they should have given this guy the gold, but we talked about it. He was better suited to be the guy... Um, helping other people along, but um, I'm I'm just as we're watching these 1994 Raws, I'm marking out the days, and then we're we're going through this. There's nobody over more than Razor. Oh, absolutely! Like I said, like uh, like I said on uh, last week's marking out the days, I was really surprised that, that as a kid, like why didn't Razor, you know hook it up with you know the champion right. and, um on last week's kicking out at two as we were as justin and i were watching the uh the, the 1994 royal rumble match there was a point in the match where luger and Shawn michaels were hooking it up and i always thought as a kid why didn't luger ever wrestle Shawn michaels right. um, why didn't they ever put those two together even though luger wasn't as popular as brett in that top baby face spot i always thought that could have been a good um a good matchup on television with Michaels having Diesel as the bodyguard and 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 Luger um, as the, as the babyface. Maybe that could have helped Luger um, move farther along oh, up yeah. the top of the card as a babyface. Yeah, but. they 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 were shown hooking up a few times on TV with that Mister Perfect stuff and and Lex Luger and then Shawn Michaels getting involved with Mister Perfect, super kicking Mister Perfect. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, the the WrestleMania nine. Yep. Uh, the thing at the end of the, the brawl in the backstage. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. As we see Sid sending Bart gun into the ropes. Ooh, clothesline by Bart down to big Sid in the middle of the green big canvas. Miles. You know what I was, you know what, you know what I always thought that was, was interesting that I liked about WCW was the, the logos for the pay-per-views would always be plastered in the middle of the canvas. Yes. And I never understood why the WWF didn't do that more for yeah. their pay-per-views. Vince is not a fan of advertising so much on the canvas. Um, they could, you think about it, you could be um, like uh, TNA standards where they had like Levi all over the canvas. But, uh, yeah. you know, you could at least have a good sponsor and uh, they could have a little, like how Snickers did Halloween Havoc. Yes, yes. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it, it would kind of. It, it kind of has that boxing feel to it mm-hmm. in MMA, where you see all the sponsors on the canvas, and kind of. I wouldn't say legitimizes the product, but kind of brings it a little bit more credibility and a little more uh, realism to yeah. it when you see like sponsors like that on the on this on the uh, the canvas. But I, uh, I got to think. Year with the, I'm sorry, I got to think it's it's something with the licensing because uh, same with like the music and stuff, you know. Yep. So it's smart. Oh, for, oh, for like for for later for yep. for later airings of that show. Yep. Is that what you mean? Yep. Like, for, so like for instance, here on the network. Yep. That's in, yeah. That's interesting. Although you know, when I've gone back and watched older stuff, like either older nitros or raws or even other older events, they still show the old sponsorship. Um, yeah. Ads like, for Some instance, like one eight hundred collect yeah. or the JVC Kaboom Box 10, of the week, 10, like two twenty. 
Yeah, 10, 10, 2, 20. Oh, my God, that's wild. As we head to commercial here for the Raw Bull Yokozuna, putting in the work on Savio Vega. And we're Jeez. back once again. Chopping him down. Yeah. Double feature here. Insiguri kick by Owen Hart. I always loved when he did that. And I loved how that was the move that really signaled, um, like, how devastating he was as a performer when he did that to Shawn Michaels oh, yeah. in 95 Big um, episode. of November. Yeah. yeah, that episode where he collapsed. Um, yeah. I thought that was uh, I thought that was a nice touch to add a little edge to him, so to speak, because uh, he was always known as like a sneaky, weaselly character, but you kind of added a little more vicious side with that kick and, and how he took out Michaels. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And bro- Brother Love back again preaching to the choir in the locker room there. Yeah, to your point, um, Michaels and Owen kind of had a mini feud that kind of went um, under the radar to some folks. I mean, with this nine, end of 95 to the beginning of WrestleMania 12, Michaels put up his spot for WrestleMania 12 to f- uh, to go against Owen Hart and beat Owen Hart the month before. Yeah, so. that was at um, In Your House, Rage in the Cage, yep. where they kind of did like a... Um, a practice run of Michael's WrestleMania entrance, but not as <laughs> high up. And he kind of came in swinging off a rope like Tarzan onto the top of the, uh, the, the set yeah. of the, the house from in your house, yep. um, which I thought was kind of neat. But, you know, you look back on it, obviously he topped himself the following month at WrestleMania with the, uh, the, 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 the live wire kind of entrance from the top of the ceiling. Yeah. Um, but good storytelling Great. stuff to keep Owen included with Brett and Sean in, you know, that little triangle there. We covered all that stuff on Origin of Attitude. Um, it's fun. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Now we see Razor and the kid about to finally hook it up. Um, once again here, Razor Ramon comes in and the place kind of pops bigger than most of the other guys coming in the ring. Oh, and that infamous reverse slam. Finish him. Finish him, Razor. Oh, referee blew a whistle. What's that? The one, two, three kid and DiBiase have called a timeout. Like I said, each team is allowed one timeout per the match. Oh, hold on. He's like, screw that, Chico. He's like, screw. He's like, fuck your timeout, Earl. Yo, Chico, the kid don't get no timeout, man. We're on a different time zone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. No. And he's throwing a flag. He threw a he threw a flag at DiBiase, but didn't raise, wasn't Razor the one that, that, that caused the penalty? Yeah. I don't get it. Why did he throw a flag at DiBiase? Kind of clustery right here. Yeah, Uh-oh, there we Sid. go. Speaking of cluster fucks, there's Sid. Ooh, that would have been a big match for Mania. Did, did Sid and Razor ever have a, a match? Um, Kid, I don't believe so. Yeah, and. The one, two, three kid and Psycho Sid have eliminated Razor Ramon and Savio Vega, as Vince McMahon would say. He always <laughs> said Savio Vega's name really fast. Like it's almost like he couldn't. It's almost like he couldn't pronounce it slower. Yeah. So he'd be like Razor Ramon and Savio Vega. <laughs> as the Raw Bull continues here on the USA Network. Um, yeah, I don't get this here. We're going back. We come back from commercial. Here's the replay and uh, oh, the Magistrator. You remember these? Oh, wow, yeah. It was like uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan's... Um, what the was Brain it? Scan. Yeah, the Brain Scan. Yeah, that was kind of cool. 
But I liked how he used to draw on the screen and yep, instant replay here. And you don't see this in football anymore. They don't. They don't. No. I mean, technology is a lot different right. these days. But why did he throw the flag and then? Yeah. Oh well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep over the mystery of why Hebner threw the flag at DiBiase, even though Razor Ramon was the one that uh, caused the, uh, the, the the penalty. But um, Razor and Sid in WWF, um, they did have a match on Raw, and as a matter of fact, it was the one two three kid that was the special guest referee in that Ooh. match um, that. Resulted in him turning on Razor. Him and Razor had some differences at the end of '95. They were kind of, you know, teasing the split between the two of them, okay. and then, uh, you know, one thing led to another. I forget how the kid ended up becoming the referee of the match, but he did, and he ended up taking the money and joining the Million Dollar Corporation. He helped Sid defeat Razor Ramon, and he was the newest member of the Million Dollar Corporation at the end of 1995, and wow, so they started doing the these little tags with him and Sid. Cool. I'm sorry? So this is off the heels of that. Yeah, this is not too long after that. I want to say this was probably like... Uh, I'd say probably like two months after. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, I think this was like two months after it all happened. Um, the kid, because, uh, yeah, because 123 Kid entered that Survivor Series that year as like the, the, the newest member of the Million Dollar Corporation. Right. And then the following month at mm-hmm. In Your House Seasons Beatings, he teamed with Sid to take on Razor Ramon and Marty Jannetty. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so we're, yeah, we're just shy of like two months of him being in the corporation here okay. as now we see the matches started to slow down a little bit now that one team is eliminated Owen Hart making his way to the top rope Ooh, that's, that's a bit of a distance there Owen yeah that is but if anyone could pull it off it's him oh and Bart moves and Owen misses and I forgot about Mr. Fuji Mr. Fuji at ringside too in the in the corner of uh, Yokozuna and Owen Hart I love Mr. Fuji yes yes I, I was Yokozuna. still I was still thinking like Yokozuna was a threat as this at this time as a kid, you know. Um, in terms of what, like him in the in just in general or in like the in w- the title picture? Yes, or? in the title picture. Okay, and he he yeah, wouldn't he really was, get um, back into it. Um, this would be the year, like coming up that SummerSlam is where Austin has the match with him, and then he's kind of gone after that. Yeah, that, yeah, you're exactly right. That was a look at Billy Gunn here, House of Fire. Ooh. Oh, and the one, two, three kid Ooh. stops him there. Neck, neck breaker by Owen. Jim Cornette down. Referee about to blow the whistle. Call a penalty for no fucking reason. <laughs> As Yokozuna now is making his way up for his signature bonsai splash. Um, yeah, Yoko uh, '96 uh, SummerSlam on the the free for all. Yep. Oh. We got a little switcheroo here. Oh, and, no. Oh. Good spot. Owen gets crushed. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Drop kick by Bart to Yokozuna. Out the ring he goes. Oh, is he calling a timeout? He's calling a timeout. No way. But the referee doesn't see it. Oh, man, they're out of there. Okay, goodbye, Owen. And this Yoko. officiating is about as, as about as legit as the officiating in the uh, the, the Saints-Rams uh, uh, NFC Championship oh, game a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They, they, I wonder if Earl was on the take. Probably. Man. You know, he's, he's into screwing people over as a ref. Yeah. As long as he, he gets uh, some he money. Certainly, yeah, he certainly patented the, the, the screw job referee 
aspect in professional wrestling. Danny Davis might have instituted it in yes. the beginning, but it was Earl Hebner that really uh, he he put it on the map. And he how made funny it famous is it that Danny Davis is like teaming with the Hart Foundation, and then Brett gets screwed later by Earl. Hmm. Ironically, yeah, I know, right? Hmm. That's 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 rather interesting. I was actually, you know what? It's funny you say that. I was talking with, uh, you know, on last week's kicking out it too with Justin during the watch along. The finish of the Luger uh, Brett um, Royal Rumble <laughs> involved uh, Earl Hebner and Joey Morella, and when they had the 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 simultaneous finish of the Hogan Orndorff Saturday Night's Main Event Cage Match, Danny Davis was a part of that finish, ah. and. And, but so was Joey Morella. Joey Morella played like the good guy referee. Ooh. And in the Rumble in 94, Joey Morella played the referee that said that Brett was the winner. Wow. So I just found it kind of interesting that like Morella was a part of those big moments yeah. where there was like they were nail biter kind of decisions. Right. As we're now down to two teams here, one, two, three kid and Psycho Sid representing the million dollar corporation are working on the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. Billy and Bart, the smoking guns in this first ever Raw Bowl match here on the January 1st edition of Monday Night Raw from the year 1996. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is good. This is going on for, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, this is a good way to open the show. And back then, you know, Raw was only an hour. Yeah. Um, you know, this here, 45 minutes on the WWE Network, minus all the commercials. Ooh, big boom. And, uh, yeah, Sid laying into him there. I love Sid, man. Honestly, oh, like yeah. I, Sid's a, I, people, you know, make fun of him and, you know, the, he's, he's most remembered for like, you know, so, you know, being a, a, an avid softball player and stabbing Arn Anderson. But man, he was, he was so money. Like he could have done so much more. Like he could have been honestly, like he could have been up there in terms of legendary status as like one of the greatest big men of all time, like with Undertaker. Oh yeah. Like that's how good he could have been. Oh yeah. His performances and, are, you know, like, they're they're always good, I think. Yeah, um, it's not like he, ch- with the exception of like that time when he jumped off the second rope and broke his leg on WCW TV. Hey, dude, that was um, a big move, always, though. He was going yeah, for, for him. it. I mean, pro- kudos, yeah. but yeah. But I feel like he he played the big man very well. Yes. He didn't do anything that wasn't necessary. You know, mm-hmm. he kicked, he punched, he was intimidating. Uh, you know, that's what he needed to do. He was you know six foot ten. You know, three hundred something pounds here, yeah. um, and he was just a—he was a monster. You know, and he didn't have to do anything flashy to be believable. Yeah. Um, just a minute ago, I saw but, him talking to Hebner. He's like, "Are we going home?" <laughs> so I, oh, really? I guess they're going home <laughs> soon. We'll see. Yeah, pretty pretty soon it looks like. Yeah, here, duck clothesline. Oh, setting him up for that choke slam. See, that was impressive. The one. Wow. Choke slam. Yeah. He didn't, like support his Looked back. Look way yeah. better than the Giants. Yes. Oh, for sure. For sure. Sit here taunting the crowd. Who's this Hit broad him. here? Is that one of Lawler's? Uh, Miss Raw. Lawler's, uh, yeah, Miss Raw, yeah. There we go. One of Lawler's mistresses. Yep. And she's a miss. Wouldn't want to miss us. Yeah. <laughs> Too old for me. Oh, yeah. Big boot. 21 and younger. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to hell, I know. Oh, here we go. DBSC on the apron. Where's the flag now, Earl, huh? Where's the flag now? Oh, wait a minute. Razor Ramon back. Wow. Costing the, oh. the one, two, three kid. Go for it. One, two, three, and your winners. 
of the 1996 Raw Bull, Billy and Bart, the Smoking Guns. Wow. You know, Razor left and came back. Where the hell was Goldust the whole time? He was watching him at first, right? In the beginning, yeah. I think he left okay. after, not too long after that. He's um, not a football fan. Yeah, he, he was out. Yeah, no, I think Gold. I mean, considering he's from Texas, I would figure you know he'd be a huge football fan. That's like you know, <laughs> yeah. that's a, that's about as common as you know cowboy hats in Texas is football. Dusty <laughs> if you don't like football in Texas, there's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we see Vince and uh, Vince and the King with Miss Raw. Slap that WWF um, sticker on that TV in the front. Yeah, I I know, right? This WWF sticker looks like it's falling apart <laughs> off that TV. Slap a sticker on my. Uh... On my coat, my overcoat as well. I know, right? Look at that coat. My goodness. And Vince used to, this was when Vince thought he was fucking cool back. I mean, Vince always thinks he's cool, but yeah. Vince thought he was really cool back then when he had the, those those no-collar shirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with his, with his. It's uh, one button at the top. He's very R&B right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. 90s R&B. As we see the, we're, we're, we're winter fresh. Wow, look at this. Sponsoring the the Raw Bowl Event Center with handsome Doc Hendricks. Look at this. I think this is a preview of the uh, the the the, the nineteen ninety six Royal Rumble event. I think this is where they like run down like some of the participants competing. Okay. Uh, in the car, I think so. Nice. Uh, no, he's going to preview. No, I'm sorry. They're previewing later in the evening. Big Daddy Cool Diesel taking on King Mabel in a SummerSlam rematch of epic proportions or lack thereof. Um, <laughs> Jim Ross back. As we cut to Jim Ross, yeah, outside the uh, the men's locker room. Um, he's really he's buttoned up with a, a, a coat and a scarf and gloves. They, they must not have air conditioning in the or heat heat in that and arena. Sands <laughs> cowboy hat. That's the, you know, it's funny that you say that because it's so hard to picture him without a cowboy hat, right? Because the past twenty something years he's been wearing a cowboy hat as part of his shtick. Yeah, and look at Doc. Now here with we the preview the ninety. Too. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. He had the turtleneck with the the the, the blazer. Now we preview the Royal street. Rumble. Ooh, I love oh, this God, match. Yeah. Bret Hart versus The Undertaker. This was a good match. This was a very good match. I, I enjoyed it from that Rumble that year. Um, I thought it was... Uh, Bret and Undertaker always worked well together. I couldn't find bad matches between the two of them. This match was probably not a good match. Ooh, yeah. I'm at Johnson and Jeff Jarrett, excuse me. Oh. As we uh, we take you back to that In Your House season's beatings were... Oh, Jeff Jeff Jarrett delivered a little CTE to Ahmed Johnson. (laughs) You're right. Back in Doc's Wonderland, or like, I'd like to think Doc has this set up in his house still. Uh, Actually, Michael Hayes. Green screen on the desk? Yeah, this whole little area, and he does coke and gets in there at night, and he's like, getting all crazy. (laughs) I got an idea. (laughs) Run it down to my playroom. Yeah, <laughs> hold on, Terry. T- Terry and uh, Terry and Buddy are gonna join me downstairs uh. in my 3D room. Yeah, <laughs> bam, bam, Buddy Jack, let's go, dude, dude, dude. It's just the table and green screen. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I wonder if he's still got the raw bull helmet. Oh, I'm sure he does. Oh, the Arkansas hog pen match between HOG against HHH Ooh. Henry O. Godwin. Against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The Battle of the Acronyms. Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, Hillbilly Jim. I was Look a fan this. as a kid. 
I that was the first wrestler I ever met. Yeah, Hillbilly Jim. Yep, first wrestler I ever met. My father took me to the uh, the what they called the at the time it was the Hartford Food Show. It was in a, uh, a an exhibition uh, hall in the the bottom of the Hartford Civic Center, okay. and I met him and superstar Billy Graham that night. That's awesome. And it looks like it looks like here that uh, we're gonna get a special uh, encore presentation of the Hog Pen match between Slopping. Henry Godwin and Hunter Hurst Hemsley. Yeah. Oh. Very different time here. Ooh, did Is that Tony Chimmel? Oh, yuck. That's Tony Chimmel, and it looks like he's got some, uh, looks like he's wearing uh, some, some Campbell's beefy chunk soup. Salad. On. They said that they would yeah. crush up salad, and you ever heard about what would go into the bucket of slop? Um, I heard that there was all different kinds of members of the food group and uh, some other uh, alternative substances yes. <laughs> that made it into one particular bucket uh, uh, designated for uh, Sunny. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, what, what's going on with Hillbilly Jim? Is he the ref here? Yes, it looks like he is the referee okay. here. This is from the Seasons Beatings in Your House uh, pay-per-view event. Um, yeah, it looks like... Uh, you know, I guess, you know, if you're going to have a hog pen match, you got to have someone who knows a thing or two about hog pens uh, officiated. And that is uh, that is Hillbilly Jim from Mudlick, Kentucky. Now, was he a, was he a friendly um, guy when you met him? Yes, he was very friendly. I sat on his lap and he was, you know, all smiles. And I think I was like four or five years old. Oh, cool. But, um, yeah, so he's definitely a very friendly guy. Um, I, I've heard he's like one of the friendliest guys. Um, Looks like it. Like ever in the business. Yeah. yeah. Henry's got another bucket of slop. Looks like he's gonna. It's feeding time. Ooh. Ugh. I just, I just hope whatever that stuff was that it was somewhat edible. I mean, look at it. it looks, yeah. ugh. You yeah. see the lettuce right there on his and chest. Thousand Island uh, dressing. <laughs> here's a here's a here's some uh, here's here's some Russian dressing with a side of lettuce. Oh yeah. Can you uh <laughs> can you peel my potatoes so I can toss the salad? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Where's Conan yeah. when you need him? He'll, oil of oil of Olay all day, every day. Yeah, I just <laughs> thought about this. Hillbilly Jim looks like my great uncle Jesse. Just random stuff there. My uncle Jesse looks exactly like him uh, back in the day. Very, very cool. Very cool. So, did, when you when you were falling asleep during Hillbilly Jim's Hall of Fame induction speech last year at the <laughs> WWE Hall of Fame, were you thinking of your uncle Jesse? Yeah, probably. Jesus Christ. Honestly, like one. I love Hillbilly Jim, and I respect that what these guys um, have gone through, and it's their night. But holy cow, this motherfucker gave his whole life story from like about the time he mm-hmm. came out the womb in the back of the barn mm-hmm. till all the way they got to the fucking stage to deliver the speech. He told somebody Jesus else's like story too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See the graphic here for Diesel and King Mabel later on in the evening, and of course still to come, uh, the Huckster and the Nacho Man. Getting ready to hook it up. Uh, more of this uh, hog pen match here in this special Raw Bowl edition. I'll be honest with you, boys and girls, are you listening? Um, I was not aware that this was going to. I didn't do my research. Have a replay put it this on way. Here. Yeah, it's uh, it's basically the whole yeah. match. Well, cut up. Yeah. So. I like to do, I like to do my research and watch this ahead of time, so I know what the fuck I'm talking about when I'm talking with you guys and and watching along here. But um, in this case, I didn't because I figured it's a 45-minute show, and I just wanted to organically get my uh, the, the, the best reactions I could uh, for you guys. Here we see. He looks like he's about to pedigree Henry. And, oh, 
Oh. Okay. Hunter blocks it yeah. with the top ledge of the hog pen. I like the um, organic feel, Dave. So I, 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 when we watch something, sometimes I'll watch before, but uh, I like I like coming into this one organic. Yeah, yeah, cold. Yeah, in, in, in a sense, cold. Yes. You know, you not you don't really have you know um, too much uh, thoughts behind it. As we saw, Hunter Hurst Helmsley deliver an elbow drop mm-hmm. off the top of the hog pen to Henry. Um, interesting story about this match um, that I've heard years later. I guess um, with all you know that that wasn't like you know. That wasn't gimmicked slop and gimmicked mud in that hog pen. That was real, you know, that, that, that came from a real farm and, and, and real pigs. And uh, that was some working, that was some working mud. That wasn't oh, shoot man. mud. You didn't, you didn't get that shoot mud at, 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 at Muds R Us. Sure um, fucking stunk too for the crowd being by there. Well, yeah, absolutely. Just not only the smell, but um, there was one point, I believe, where Hunter was um, sent into the back of the, the hog pen like a like an Irish whip, oh, and right. he cut himself. Yep. And then he had to take a few bumps in the hog pen with all that mud and the pig shitting in there and everything else that he ended up having to get, like, a bunch of shots. Yep. Um, you know, like a, like a tetanus shot and a few other different shots to Prevent kind of... Uh, staff and some type of infection. Yeah. yeah. I can you see don't see the it on his back now. Uh, but you see the welts, but you don't see the cuts. Yeah. Like the cuts, I think, are more. Oh, that was interesting. He was going for like a. I don't even know what he was going for. Oh, up and down by the hog farmer, Henry Godwin. What did you think of Henry Godwin? Let me ask uh, you that. I, 1995, 96, Henry Godwin. What did you think? I was a kid, you know, uh, probably 96. I was nine years old. So I was a fan especially him being um, associated with Hillbilly Jim. But then when he turned heel, disliked him. And he was a good heel, I think. He was a big, nasty, mean heel, you know? Yep. Um, what, what were your thoughts? Um, I mean, like, I said, like you, I was a kid and I was 12 years old um, and didn't really have much... Uh, you know, invested into him. I was, you know, a Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Diesel, Razor Ramon, Bret Hart kind of guy. Yeah. Um, I was kind of getting over the the, the, the hokey characters mm-hmm. where everyone had an occupation. Um, everyone was either a cop or a, uh, you know, a clown or a fireman or whatever. And so um, didn't really have much invested in him. Um, unlike this individual here, the Nacho Man. Ooh, yeah. Thinking about snapping into a gym slim. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, they they, they even went to, like, try to mock the company Slim Jim. Yeah. Some, uh, you're, you're... Well, it's funny, too, because the WWF, not only did they lose Savage, but they lost the endorsement of Slim Jim when Savage left. Yep. And on a, a recent episode of 83 Weeks, there's that Irish rip I was talking Yikes. about right into the fence. That did not look pretty. No. Um Eric Bischoff indicated that um, when he signed Randy Savage um, and got the endorsement deal, <clears throat> excuse me, with Slim Jim, that Slim Jim basically um, three quarters of the um, Savage's salary was being paid for by by Sl- the Slim Jim endorsement. Wow! So in a sense, like they got Randy Savage on the cheap for like the first year or two, wow. because three quarters of that um, that endorsement deal covered Savage's uh, Savage's salary Ooh. in WCW. I want to say it was like 
850,000. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. And I'm, I don't want to, you know, talk out of turn, but I'm just taking a guess. As, you know, moments ago, we just noticed uh, from the, the results of that Irish whip, Look, uh, you see please. Hunter uh, back body dropped, back body dropping Henry, and the match is over. But we saw blood on Hunter's back, and uh, that would be the uh, the result of that, that Irish whip into the, the hog pen fence here. As uh, Hunter Hurst Helmsley is your victor. Wow. And winner of this, the first and only hog pen match in World Wrestling Federation, World Wrestling Entertainment history. Oh, getting into it with Hillbilly Jim. Man, that cuts back. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. So is all that mud and pig shit that Henry's in right now. Look at this. Here we go. Oh, look at that bump. Yeah, look at that, dude. You see that? man? Oh, and he's throwing the mud God. on his back. Oh, get those pigs in there. Surprised they didn't like try to trample him, right? you know? <laughs> Ooh, look at that. That's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah, this is probably, that's probably the reason why they've never done another hog pen match. Yeah. Actually, no, they did do one with uh, Santino Morella and uh, Vicky Guerrero yep. a number of years ago. Stephanie McMahon was involved with that too, right? I believe you are correct. I could be wrong. Graphic um, championship. Brett and Bulldog. That was a great, that was match. A great match. Oh, yeah. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. You and Jimmy <laughs> both owe me Cokes. All right. You got it. I'll, ve- I'll Venmo you. I'll Venmo you the money for the Coke. It looks like they're previewing next week's Raw here, where we're going to see the, uh, the the results of the Davy Boy Bret Hart match from that same in your house we just watched the Hogpen match from. Great match, by the way. Um, I mean, everyone loves the, the, the match that they had at SummerSlam, but the... The match at that in your house, I think, is very underrated. Oh, yeah. I, I love that one. As um, big King Mabel and a young Jeff Hardy there holding Mabel's uh, hell yeah, good uh, call. throne. Look at that. Mabel's throne. Imagine being those guys having to carry his big fat ass down the ring in one of those things. It That's not easy. I wonder how much Vince was paying those guys just for the night. Oh, as, as probably 25 to do bucks. That. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. King Mabel here. Yeah, what were your thoughts on King Mabel as a kid? Um, in, you know, big intimidating looking yeah. guy. Um, speaking of not intimidating <laughs> here, uh, Brother, Brother Love. Love, I love you. Um, yeah, big intimidating guy. You know, didn't um, didn't dislike him, but didn't overly like him. Um, I thought that the whole, you know, the the early men on a mission with the 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 rapping and the you know, throwing the hands in the air. Like, I thought that was silly, um, even as a kid. But I, yeah, the the black glove-wearing attitudinal proprietor of the jackknife powerbomb. Yeah. Oh, I, Diesel was my favorite, yeah. man. I loved Diesel. I loved him. I thought he was the I thought he was the coolest thing since sliced bread in 1996, man. I was, and I was kind of disappointed that like he was kind of going bad mm-hmm. here, and he would only slap people's hands that wore a black glove. Dude. Like he, I remember he made that like a a, a point of contention in his, one of his promos. Like I'm only high fiving you if you wear a black glove. Like good way to sell merch. Like, well, what happens if I can't afford? What happens if I can't afford a black glove? But I still like you, dude. Like why can't you slap my hand, hey, motherfucker? Hey, listen, I gotta make a dollar. <laughs> well, don't tear a quad. Oh. Uh, you're making that dollar, all right, buddy. Yeah. Big Daddy Cool, the coolest guy here, and I could I would say like he is the origin of attitude. 
Uh, I would have to agree with you. Yeah, I would have him to agree and Razor. With you. Oh, look at this. Ooh. Pearl Harbor from behind. One, two, three. And that's the quickness that <laughs> is the victory of Diesel over King Mabel. Look at this. Didn't even have to take his vest no. off. Mabel didn't even have to take his. And Sir Moe. Sir Moe, it looks like he's uh, he's really going to take the brunt of this. Diesel's got to get his shit Diesel's in, so like, give him the jackknife. sitting on my back again. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. That was quick. Wow. Look at him. He's pissed. Looking dominant. Oh, but you got to put the pyro out. You gotta, he's got to do his pyro, too, because they forgot to do that in the pre-match. Yeah, what? Big Here Daddy we go. Cool. Yep, the light's coming down. It's about that time. Yep, raise that arm. Ooh. And, and wow. you know, in this time period, not many guys got pyro. Like, this wasn't like, you know, years later where everyone had some form of Mm-hmm. Theatrics to their entrance. Yeah. Diesel was one of the few, like him, Razor, Sean, Sid. Brett, and even Undertaker, Sid. Like a few of those guys got it, but um, that, it was few and he, far between. Know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Here, um, this was during the time period where I think Diesel was. Um, yeah, there you go, saluting someone with a black glove because they're cool. Oh yeah, that lady with the missing teeth and the black glove. Wow, she might want to put a black glove over her fucking missing spot in the teeth. Big Jesus cool. Christ! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big, yeah, big, big denture, cool. Oh, he's gonna take Look the raw this. girl. Yep. There, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's how cool he Heart, is. Uh, yeah, not even, not even bother to to to, to cut a pre-match promo there. Look at that. <laughs> or post-match God, promo. Look at hair. Oh, I know that sweet mullet. Jeez. Yeah, there we go. And all the fans touched him. He's trying to protect her while he's leaving. Yeah, this was the period of time where you know he was uh, he was heading towards the dark side. He had a little bit more of an edge to him. Yep. You know, he would go on to face was, Undertaker. Was, his in, in a his intentions months. were cl- yeah, his intentions were clear. He wanted to be the champion, and you know he was going to do anything he could um, to to get that. Whether it was against Brett or against Undertaker, and then eventually even against Shawn. Yeah, and a runner up uh, for the so. Royal Rumble, right? Yes, Diesel was the runner-up, and this was, you know, this was something that uh, I found to be very interesting that I'm going to touch upon in the future edition of Kicking Out of Two is the the winners of the Raw Bowl, the recipients of this victory, Billy and Bart celebrating with Hakushi, Ahmed Johnson, Marty Jannetty, and Savio Vega as they receive the the Steve Lombardi Trophy <laughs> <laughs> from the man himself. Look at this. Oh, they didn't appreciate it, and... Let's just all beat up the Brooklyn Brawler, because what did he do? Oh, yeah, got to give the ice bath, the old football ice bath. Sponsored Ooh, by Brisk. Oh, they just put it in there? <laughs> what? Who drinks Brisk like just, that? Yeah, seriously. That's ridiculous. Oh, I'm just pouring Marching this 12-pack in here. Got the ice going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Up next... The boardroom meeting between Trillionaire Ted, the huckster, and the nacho man and Scheme Gina. Is this the main event? Jeez. Um, yeah, I know. That'd be a weird placement for the main event. But uh, this has been rather interesting, I will say, my man. I, yeah. uh, I, the, the football theme and the different things that like that you and I have both forgotten about mm-hmm. uh, as, as they preview the 1996 Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, I talked a little bit on this show a couple of weeks ago regarding this man, Diesel, right here. Uh, so we see them running down some of the participants in the 96 Rumble. Talking about the, um, 
the, the prospects of um, had he won the Royal Rumble, how would that have affected um, him jumping to WCW? Would it, would he have done that? Mm-hmm. And that's something that you know I'm probably going to touch upon maybe next year around Royal Rumble season. I might do a a, a trading places Royal Rumble edition where we cover um, you know the what ifs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if Diesel won the Royal Rumble? Um, speaking of an individual who uh, you know was in that Royal Rumble, was this man right, right here? Yes, he debuted in this match, Vader, Vader time. And uh, he was, um, I thought this was cool because I loved Vader in WCW. I was like, he was probably one of the first bad guys that I can remember that I enjoyed watching. Like his stuff with Cactus and Sting and Flair, Mm -hmm. just awesome stuff. So when he came to the WWF, I was like, oh, I can't wait for him to get it on with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, Razor Ramon and Diesel and Undertaker. Like I was like chomping at the bit. That was really cool to see next week's Raw. Jumping on a trampoline, I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know what? I didn't notice that until you just mentioned it now. But um, another in-your-house encore, Brett and Davey. Shawn Michaels will be appearing on next week's Raw along with Hakushi and Jeff Jarrett. State of Shawn Michaels uh, right now. As we now get to Billionaire Ted's wrestling war room here. Uh, uh, these were... Um, I didn't, what did you think of these as a kid watching this? Like you were kind of in and out. So did, do you remember any of these? Yeah, because um, they would they would be hitting them hard this this next year uh, during the WrestleMania run and the road to WrestleMania oh, Vince and after. Oh, Vince Russo. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I found them. They worked because I was like, yeah, Macho and Hogan are old and washed up. Kind of you know feeling um, as yeah. I as I gained more. Um, I was more mature and apt to the uh, programming that was going on. As like you said, okay. I was becoming more sophisticated to it. So, um, okay. yeah, I, it kind of worked on me, but I, I, like we talked about before, WCW had the undercard uh, and that's what I was looking forward to. And the NWO. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. I mean, when I saw these, like, I didn't know what to make of them because, like I said, this was early on in my, like, you know, the the time of uh, sophistication. As this episode of Monday Night Raw has just ended on the WWE Network. That was the main event. Yep. That was the, the, the Billionaire Ted's wrestling war room. Um, but uh, I didn't know what really to make of it. I... I felt like because at the time in wrestling, you didn't acknowledge the competition that by WWF acknowledging, you know, two guys that are currently on WCW, but in a very comedic manner mm-hmm. that I felt like and I, I wasn't strongly feeling this way, but I felt like that there was a slight chance that we were going to see a a, a somewhat of like an invasion of sorts, like maybe like Hogan and Savage were going to come to WWF with some of the WCW guys. Okay. And kind of like invade a little bit. Like it was just a, a thought that was thrown that I threw around. I didn't really have too much stake or claim to it, but I thought to myself, you know, well they're they're mentioning Hogan and Macho Man, but they're making fun of them on TV. So like, I wonder if like Hogan and Macho Man and WCW are going to come to try and invade. Are we going to get the 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 dream the dream matches that you know everyone talks about? You know, yeah. at that time in 1996. So that's where I felt when it came to. Uh, the, the the skits with uh, Huckster and Nacho Man, and I was also very surprised that WCW didn't retaliate as much during this time period when they were airing that stuff. Um, very tongue in cheek uh, with with some of the commentary, but nothing like very over the top in terms of a retaliation. Excuse me, as uh, 
you know, we we close this we close this episode of the the Raw Bowl watch along here. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for joining me this week, joining Kobe and I as we uh, we break it down with this uh, this very fun football themed yeah. edition of Kicking Out at Two. Give me some of your closing thoughts overall on this episode of Raw, seeing as that you didn't remember it. Yeah, um, I enjoyed it. The opening match was enough to keep us entertained for more than half the programming. Um, and then we got that quick spot by Diesel, which, you know, it was, it was good for what it was. As a kid, I probably would have hung around and watched the main event and, uh, yeah, and uh-huh. probably enjoyed it. But I enjoyed watching it with you. It was, it was fun. The end kind of trailed a little bit. And, uh, like you said, they were just setting up for that tease and we never really got the tease with Hogan and Savage returning to WWF, but we did get the new generation members, Diesel and Razor Ramon, later this year going to WCW. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought this was a lot of fun to watch. I've been, I, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. Um, when I started this podcast, um, I mapped out a schedule like all the way, like, back in July when I started mm-hmm. this and I would, I was sat one day and I was like just going by dates and different time periods and wrestling and like, what can I do? And, you know, to, to, to make things interesting and fun. And I really looked forward to doing this one because of the football theme and the raw bowl and going back and watching older stuff and trying to get my take on those things now, as opposed to, you know, what I thought back then and remembering and, um, I, like I said, I remember watching this show as a kid and being excited about the football theme, but at the same time, I was also disappointed that there wasn't more football theme to the show. It was just the first match, right. and then everything else just kind of like was regularly scheduled WWF programming. So I was a little bit disappointed, but um, going back watching now, I definitely had a lot of fun watching it and having you know you you in the in the co-pilot seat this week with me made it that much more oh, fun. Yeah. So I want to thank you for joining me and making me you know. Keep me on my toes this week because I don't know if I'd have been able to do this watch along by myself. <laughs> no, thank so, you. I uh, enjoyed it, and we'll have I to pr- do I appreciate something it. similar on Ret- Retromania as well. And I'll always oh, I'm always absolutely, man, to I'd love back. to. Oh man, you're you're de- you're you know you're like you're you're like furniture on kicking out it too. You're 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 not going to leave. <laughs> cool. So um, by all means, you're, you're definitely more than welcome. Any time that you that you want to join me for a watch along or any kind of discussion points. You know, we're we're a big family between the retro mania and kicking out it too. We, it's it's all about the love of retro pro wrestling. As we uh, as we wrap things up here this week, make sure you guys hit us up on social media, facebook.com forward slash kicking out it too. Be a part of all the fun that's going on over there. Um, hit that like button if you have not already. If you have, tell a friend who loves throwback pro wrestling, the glory days of wrestling, to hit that like button and be a part of all the fun. We got links to archive shows, pictures, videos, debates, discussions, memes, gifs, gifs, whatever the fuck you want to call. <laughs> it's all over there on Facebook. Um, same thing goes on Twitter. You know, our handle is at Kicking Out Two K I C K N O U T and the number two. Same fun, but 140 characters or less. Please help us fill, uh, build the following over there on Twitter and make it as strong as Facebook. Uh, would love to have more of you uh, doing the tweeting thing if that is your thing. Um, and don't forget next week. 
You can join me right here as we continue with the WrestleMania theme shows, and we're going to bring you WrestleMania Game Changers. I'm going to give you five storylines in WrestleMania history that altered the card of that year's WrestleMania in a major way, whether that was in front of the camera or behind the scenes. We're going to break it down for you. We're going to discuss um, the, 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 the twin referees yes. with Earl and Dave and screwing Hulk Hogan over of the WWF Championship, which resulted in the... the um, the tournament for the World Wrestling Federation title. We're going to talk about Daniel Bryan's Yes Movement. Uh, I'm not going to give away too much, but we got a few more in the can, but I just want to give you guys a little preview of what we're going to be discussing on next week's show for our WrestleMania Game Changers episode. And of course, don't forget to check us out later this week. Kobe and I marking out the days, retromania.blogspot.com, moholradio.com, and iTunes, or any other podcast uh, platform where you can find marking out the days. Is We're going to cover January 31st in pro wrestling history all the good bad and ugly that is wrestling history on the 31st of january and that about does it this week it's time that we put this show down for the three count we're going we're we're, we're taking that ball and we are scoring a touchdown we're at the 10 the 5 end zone and we will see you all next week